Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and right before we get into the episode, I did mention on the B90 episode, but at the end, um, as well as this was posted on Facebook and Instagram, but for programming purposes, we are going to be covering this week's Bachelorette episode, which this is what that is right now. And next week, we will also be covering Bachelorette, so next week's Bachelorette as well. And then after that, we will be moving to bi-weekly to accommodate for the million shows we we're going to be covering. And so you can expect the next Bachelorette episode after next week's to be the week of July 24th. So without further ado, we're going to jump right back into this episode. Um, so this is season 20, episode two. We don't have names for these episodes. Um, it doesn't appear that there's actual names for these episodes. So yeah. <laughs> so very first thing that I wrote down was why does still why does Aaron still have his double-sided coin? <laughs> Even though it has not been confirmed at this point whether or not it's a double-sided coin. I mean, what else is it? Um, but again, this this does come back. And then Jesse shows up at the house and he is going to be talking to the men. And we all know for those who have been avid Bachelor or Bachelorette or Bachelor Paradise fans that whenever Jesse is in the room, there is something about to happen. So right before he goes into what's going to happen, he does have to dog on Brayden a little bit about what he's wearing. So for those who didn't watch the episode, he's basically wearing like this sweater type thing, like maybe like a cardigan. And then he's also wearing like a scarf. So he basically looks like, I don't even know how to describe what he looks like. But anyway, he basically said that he just felt like wearing a scarf today. Good for you. So Jesse tells the guys that this week there are going to be three dates. So two group dates and one one-on-one date. So he hands the first date card to the guys. It's the one-on-one date. It's the first date. And Aaron B., got the first one-on-one date of the season. He is our double-sided coin guy. Um, so Charity comes and picks his, picks him up at the, at the house and they're getting ready to leave. And isn't there just a beautiful red convertible just sitting outside waiting for them? So obviously the guys are very like jealous a little bit because they wanted to be in the red convertible and like, oh, Charity's going to drive. Of course, Charity's going to drive. And um, so, yes, they're very excited. Um, well, I should say Aaron is very excited. <laughs> so 
Brayden, and this is when I started to say, okay, Brayden's annoying as hell and I don't like him. So Brayden ends up saying that, you know, he got the first impression rose and now it doesn't feel so special anymore because he didn't get the date. Because he obviously expected that he would have gotten the first uh, the first one-on-one date because he got the first impression rose. But, and this comes back again. If you have watched the show, Brayden, even one season besides um, Zach's season, you would know that nine times out of ten, the person who gets the first impression rose is not the person who gets the first one-on-one date. It just doesn't. Because they, you've already made your impression. It's not the Braden show. It's Bachelorette, and she has to get to know everyone that's there. Not just you. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, she picked someone that she did have a lot of... She had a good time with at the the first night. But he didn't get the first impression, Rose. You did. So, if Aaron got the first impression, Rose, then you probably would have gotten the first one-on-one date. Like, you know? Anyway, so yeah, he doesn't feel special anymore, and I'm just like, calm down. <laughs> um, so back with the date with Charity and um, Aaron, there's not much of a conversation, that I'm, like much of the conversation I'm going to really zero in on and talk about, um, but they do agree that old school, old school music is the best music um, because they both grew up on it. And I say, yeah, yeah, it it is definitely nothing beats the old school. So, um, so they are driving through the heart of Hollywood and as they're kind of driving through like the, cause I think like Hollywood is very hilly. <laughs> I, Hollywood Hills. Yeah. <laughs> shit i had a moment but yes it's very hilly so they're kind of driving up up these hills and um he at one point says that he feels like he's in a movie okay fine but then goes on to compare his moment right now with charity to bonnie and clyde okay so here I go on a soapbox. For those who are true crime fans know how problematic it is for people to compare themselves to Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. But for those who are not true crime fans and don't know the story of Bonnie and Clyde, I'll give you the 30 second rundown of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they had other people in their posse, I believe it was only two other people in their posse at a time, and they stole, they murdered, and then they got killed um, in a, a gunfire thing by uh, the police shot them. Um, from what I understand is that Clyde sold them out. And and so doing so, him and Bonnie were killed in gunfire just yeah so (laughs) and also for those people who not that that this is a problem but 
I'm just going to throw it out there. Y'all know Clyde was potentially gay. That's the rumor. And we don't know for sure because he's dead. Um, And even if he was not killed by the police, uh, he probably still would be dead now. Um, But rumor had it that he was gay and that Bonnie was just there to cover that up. I don't know how the truth, truthful that is. But anyway, um, you're basically comparing yourself to murderous thieves who then got killed by the police. I think the problem is, is that people really focused on the whole Bonnie and Clyde situation because of like, probably because of Beyonce and Jay-Z, although I like that song myself. Bonnie and Clyde 04, but it's just like, no. The only difference is, I guess, they technically didn't, did they die? I, it's been a minute since I saw that music video, <laughs> but like, come on now. Stop comparing ourselves to this quote unquote love story of Bonnie and Clyde when it's not a love story, it's sad. Not sad and like, oh, it's sad that they did. No, sad because they're just, they're sad people. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox when it comes to Bonnie and Clyde and move on. Um, So they're at the Hollywood sign and we find out that the Hollywood sign is a hundred years old. That's really cool. And she tells him that she really connected with Aaron because of the longevity of his parents' marriage. Um, because uh, I think his parents have been married for 32 years. And as we know, her family has been, her parents have been married for 48 years. So she definitely really focused on, um, um, the fact that his parents have been together for a long time and they both value that and kind of want to marry a uh, mirror, something similar in their relationships. So we're back with the boys and firefighter basically says that he can suss out the men. And at one point he also makes a comment like, He's kind of upset that Aaron is on the date right now. And I thought, okay, are you upset that Aaron is on the date because he got the first one-on-one date and you think you should have gotten that? Or are you upset that he's on the date because you can't suss him out? It was a very weird comment that he made. Um, but anyway, so back at the date... We now see that they are actually standing in front of the Hollywood sign. And I said to myself, is this legal? Because they actually had to like open up a gate and then walk to the sign. And I mean, again, I know it's TV, but I don't know who watches 911, like the original 911. And it's, it's, um, it's based in LA and there was an episode of, of somebody going to the Hollywood sign and then like almost falling to their death and they got charged because it's illegal to be there. So I thought that was really, so we're just, we're just ignoring the rules and letting her go on by the Hollywood sign. Like she almost like slipped like one false step and she's, she's, she's your bachelor's bachelorette's now gone. So, um, 
he brings out, Aaron brings out his coin, which he refers to as his lucky coin. And then he says, just full honesty, uh, it's a double-sided coin. And she acted surprised. And I said, were you really surprised? Like, no shit, it's a double-sided coin. I knew that from day one. And I was like, first of all, he refers to it as his lucky coin. How can you call it your lucky coin when it's literally a double-sided coin? You created your luck with this coin. But to each their own. Um... So now we're at the dinner part of the date and he tells her that family is very important. And I don't know if he, if I got this correct, but he does mention, I believe that he has two brothers and a sister, or I might be a little wrong there, but, um, so, and he tells us that he hasn't always been lucky with relationships He talks about a relationship that he was in for four years and he says that, you know, he wasn't the best boyfriend. I think he said that he was playing football at the time, like college football. And yeah, he said he wasn't the best boyfriend and he ended up deciding to go into therapy. And while he was doing therapy, he ended up finding out that his girlfriend was flirting with other men. And I have to say, girl, that's trash. That's trash. If you don't want to be with him, fine. But then tell him, don't go flirting or cheating or whatever. Like, that's not cool. And she tells him, like, I really appreciated you telling me this. Um, because as I mentioned, I think in a future episode of Young, Famous, and African, that we don't see a lot of men being open about their mental health issues and maybe needing therapy. And I think it's even more so in the black community where black men feel like they have to be strong and they, I guess, in their minds view therapy as as being weak. And it's not. But again, if you want the full rant on on, on that, it will be in a future episode of that. So I really appreciated her appreciating him being open and honest about that and also recognizing when he needed when he needed the help um but she says to him like she really does relate and she does say to him i believe he kind of asked a question and this was what brought this conversation up but she does say that zach really allowed her to grow and that she is now the best version of herself because of it. And Aaron says that he thinks that he is a man that she deserves and that his walls are going down for her. So back with the guys, we see that there's an, another um, day card and Obviously, it's one of the group dates. So on the group date for this first group date, we have Daunton is going. Tegan or Keegan, I can't remember his name. Um, John. Adrian. 
Caleb A, Caleb B, and Caleb K. So all of our Caleb's are on this date. We have Xavier, James, Firefighter, Sean, and Brayden. And um, we'll see how that turns out between Brayden and another person on the on this group date. We'll get to it. Um, and the group the group date card reads "Suns out, buns out." And Brayden says, well, I guess I got to go do some stretches for tomorrow. So, um, so then back at the date, we see that he is compliment, complimenting her and she's kind of like blushing and, you know, and she says to him that I have one more surprise for you. And again, for those who don't watch this show, or for the, even for those who do watch the show, you know that usually when we have these kind of D-lister singers on the show, like we don't know who they are nine times out of ten. Not that they ever sound bad or anything like that, but we just, we just don't know who you are. And we're thinking at this point in like this franchise has been around for 20 plus years. You're trying to tell me you don't have the budget <laughs> for someone a little better. but. This is probably one of the first times in at least a long time. I think at one point they had Gavin DeGraw like a long, long time ago, but this is probably the first time in a long time that they actually have someone that I recognized. And it was Lauren Elena. I was like, holy shit, you guys have Lauren Elena on here. That's pretty cool. And for those who don't know who Lauren Elena is, if you're not like a country fan, like I don't know how prevalent she is in the country world these days, but she was the winner of American Idol, whatever season that she was on. So that was really cool. <laughs> um, so she's singing a song that I thought was really nice and really like a really nice song. Um, but Charity says that she really likes Lauren Elena, so that's great. And um, he, uh, Adrian, uh, sorry, Aaron ends up getting the the rose at the end of the date. So definitely seemed to have gone really well. So now it's group date time and we're on the beach. She, Charity says that we're going to just be playing some, you know, fun beach games. And we see like there's some cornhole and then we see her playing some football with the guys. And then, and then our football player himself, Jesse shows up and we're like, oh no. It's going to happen. And he says, guys, we're going to have some friendly competition. And we are going to be playing dodgeball. So he says, in true bachelor fashion, bachelorette fashion, there's going to be the winning team is going to be going to the after party afterwards and the losing team will go home. However, there will be an MVP that will be awarded to somebody. And then that person will also get to go to the after party. 
And then he says, but wait, there's more. There's going to be a uniform that the guys are going to have to wear. And guys, you know how the date card said, sun's out, buns out. Well, these guys' buns are going to be out because they are going to be wearing either a pink or a green Speedo. And the cups are mandatory, as Jesse says. And for those who watched, who didn't watch the episode, at the end, they always do like these blooper things or these funny moments from the episode that didn't make it in. Um, (laughs) They actually had to shave before putting the speedos on. So you see like a bunch of them just like shaving. And then, uh, yeah. (laughs) So once they were shaved, and Speedos were on, we're ready to play. So, of course, we have a crowd now. And uh, Jesse tells everybody that it's going to be best out of five. So they're going to be playing five rounds of, of dodgeball. And, uh, yeah. So I won't be going play by play with what happens during this. But I will point out which team is winning and who gets the points. I won't be obviously telling you who is on each team, but when we get to them, I'll mention it. The one thing that I will say is that Brayden is on the pink team and Adrian is on the green team. Okay. So we're going to dump right into what happens here with the game. But the one thing that I'll mention here is Caleb, and I don't remember which Caleb it is, but he's the wrestler. He wrote 316 on his chest. And I'm like, are you writing 316, like John 316? Which then in that case, when you're writing John 316, I'm very confused as to the relevance with this dodge game. For those who know that verse, will know <laughs> what I why I say that because I don't I don't get it. But okay, so so pink team they win the first round, and then the green team wins the second round. Then pink wins the third round. So at the third round of dodgeball, so far, pink is in the lead. Then green wins the fourth round. So now we are tied. Winner takes all. Okay. And pink ends up winning the whole game. So they get to go to the after party. But as mentioned a little few a few minutes ago, as Jesse says, MVP is going to be awarded to someone who will also get to go to the after party. So the reason why I say this like that is because for those who've watched this show, or even for those who have common sense, if you're going to award MVP to somebody chances are you're going to award it to someone who is not on the winning team so that someone from the losing team can also go to the after party. 
So MVP is awarded to Adrian. So now we're at the after party and Brayden thinks, I think he said this in a, in a, in the moment, he says that he doesn't think that Adrian deserved MVP. And I thought in this moment, okay, so then who did deserve MVP? You? Well, Brayden, you were on the winning team. You already won. There's nothing more for you to win. Like, are you dumb? Anyway. Um, so he gets time with her first, from what it appears. He got time with her first. And he tells her that he's crushing on her and she is swooning. And I'm just like, strive for more because this isn't, this isn't it. Um, and they kiss and after the kiss and his in the moment, he says that he compares his kiss with her to when the avatars connect their braids and they have a connection that way um what does that have to do with this avatars aren't real what does it have to do with this so you're literally comparing it to a fictional movie that's great that's lovely um moving on so at this point brayden keeps on talking about his his first impression rose and he kind of says like you know yeah the the first impression rose is great and everything but that wears off i just want time with her like i don't care about the rose kind of is what he's kind of saying and someone calls him out and says but listen you get the first impression rose that is that's meaningful. That's that's a meaningful thing. It means you made an impression on her and you got that. You're good. You're in a good spot versus maybe other people. So why are you complaining when you want the thing that all of the men strive for? Like, or a woman, if you're on The Bachelor, they strive for. Like, what are you talking about? So he then says in this moment in front of adrian that he doesn't think that adrian deserved the mvp so not only did you say it in your in the moment but then you even went further and said it in front of him and he kind of says at this point that he felt like somebody else was really playing really well i can't remember who he said that was but he thought someone else played really well and he doesn't think like adrian was it okay guys at one point in this game, in the last round, Adrian was the only man standing. Everyone was taken out literally in the first few minutes of the first round. So you're really trying to tell me that Adrian didn't deserve this? Like, I think he's just jealous and he feels threatened. And I, I actually don't know why he feels that way because out of all the men really there, like Adrian is not like, he, his his connection with, with Charity isn't the strongest, but it's definitely not the weakest. He's kind of in this middle part. And I feel like Brayden is more stronger because he does have a stronger connection with her at this point. So why are you, like, why, why are you threatened by him? It's very confusing. Adrian ends up saying at this moment that he doesn't feel that Brayden is really ready for this type of relationship. And 
he then gets his time with, with charity. And I just want to quickly mention before we say this, that while in the house with the guys, he does tell, I think firefighter that he does have a daughter. So he's not in this to waste time. He, you know, he's not about that. He wants something serious, not only for him, but for his daughter. So, you know, that's why he's here. Plus he's, he's one of the older guys there. He's 33. So he, yeah, he kind of ready put that out there. So he tells Charity in his moment with her that he does have a daughter and that she, she's very young. He didn't tell her how young she is, but in, when he was telling firefighter, we heard him say that he, she's one years old. Um, so obviously Charity handled this very similarly to how she handled it with Spencer and said like, you know, Mises is very serious for you if you're willing to sacrifice your time with your daughter to be here. So she, you know, took it well. Um, and then Adrian does the thing that nine times out of 10 gets someone sent home. He tells Charity that he feels like some of the guys are treating this experience as a spring break. And in all honesty, I don't know why he says that. I don't know why he feels the need to say that because I don't feel like he, like the guys are necessarily treating this any differently than anyone else does. So I'm very confused as to why, why he said that. So yeah, I don't know, but she obviously doesn't take it very well and now feels like she's going to have to address it. So she goes back to the group altogether and she tells them that, you know, she takes this process very serious. She doesn't want anyone here wasting her time. And she especially doesn't want any of the men to be treating this as if it's a spring break. When to her, it's it's not that at all. Um, so, and she says like she doesn't, need that nor want that so she picks up the rose the group date rose and she gives it to john so i didn't really talk much about john and his time with her just because there wasn't really much to talk about there but he did get his first kiss with her which she was really shocked by she didn't think that he was going to take the initiative to try and kiss her but he did and uh, it seemed to have gone really well, and it clearly left an impression on her. So after she leaves, Brayden says to the group, like, he doesn't feel like her words were about him, that he feels like he's taking this seriously. And then Adrian says to everybody, you know, well, I observe some things, and like, I don't think it's coming completely out of left field, what she said, and, you know all of that, basically burying himself because he's the one who talked and then he won't shut up. Um, And in this moment as well, you think like, Brayden's on to him because the look he gives him, he's piercing right through him and saying like, 
<laughs> I know what you did last summer kind of situation. Like, I know what you just did. I know it's you. You're the one who just told her this. And why? Because even all the other men are very confused by the comment. Like, why would she think that? Like, so I really do think that he. I mean, he comes across as a nice guy, but I think he is also playing this game and he's being very underhanded. So I didn't particularly like that either. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But we are going to take a break here. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the second group date as well as the cocktail our her cocktail party and the rose ceremony. Okay, so we are back and we're going to hop right into the second group date. So we're at the second group date and we see none other than Gabby and Rachel. And they're on, they end up getting onto a stage and we see another crowd of people. So we know something's about to happen. And she says that we're going to be doing like a, they they weren't very clear in the beginning, but basically what ended up happening is they were asking the men a bunch of different questions and they had to answer and whosoever answer they liked the most was able to be picked to basically break the longest kiss in bachelor history. So the longest kiss prior to this was with Sean and a woman that is not his wife and um, it was three minutes, but it was three minutes and maybe 23 or 24 seconds. Um, again, I actually vaguely remember this and I was like, okay, like I, great. <laughs> so, so they're asking like a bunch of different questions and whatnot. And at one point they actually asked the men like to demonstrate the best makeout session that they have or like the best makeout session they vision in there. I don't know. So you just see the men just starting to like kiss their hand and all that. It was so, so immature anyway. But then Joey, he tells a story about how he liked this girl And he'd wake up in the morning and he would think about this girl. And then he would see her and she was wearing this dress and Charity was wearing a dress. And then it becomes very clear that the girl he's talking about is Charity, not some random girl. So, and I thought in this moment, I'm like, okay, dude, you're cheating because everyone else is, you know, giving like real life stories here or whatever. And then here you come trying to get some brownie points, which spoiler alert, it worked. And you do that. So I felt like it's kind of cheating. But anyway, I guess I respect the hustle. And Joey, as I mentioned, spoiler alert before, 
Joey won the contest, and then he gets to have the longest kiss in history and potentially break the record. And everyone else, all the other men, gets to witness this kiss happening. And they are not thrilled. So you see all this time going by, one minute, two minutes, three minutes. And once it reaches the three minute and say 23, 24 second mark, you clearly can see, okay, the the record has been now broken. Once they had like 325 or something. Now the you are now the longest guess. And like you hear like a ringing happening and Gabby and Rachel are saying, Yay, you broke the record. And yet they're still going. They're still going. And they went right up to four minutes and 25 seconds. So they went a full minute more than they needed to in order to break the record. And then Gabby and Rachel announced to everybody that, oh, guess what? For Joey's efforts on being able to you know, win this contest and get the longest kiss in history, this date is now being converted to a one-on-one and Joey is going to be the only person at the after party. The men are just so thrilled. <laughs> and then after that happens, well, doesn't Charity and Joey just kiss some more? So, yeah. In front of them, may I, may I add. It was in front of them, the, the men and this large crowd and everybody. So we're back at the house and we see that the losing team or the losing men, I guess, are going back to the house. And the men are telling everybody like what happened and the fact that they had to kind of stand there while Joey kissing Charity. Brayden has to somehow make this situation about him, even though number one, he wasn't even at the date. Actually, that's the only thing. He just wasn't at the date. So I don't understand why you're so mad and how you're making this about you now. So Brayden says that he wouldn't have stayed and Wash would have left and basically create a scene and yet again make this about him. And the men are like, listen, like, yes, it sucked to see, but Joey won fair and square. It is what it is. You know, we're happy for Joey. And then that's kind of that. And Brayden is kind of like, well, that's ridiculous. That's dumb, kind of in a sense. And saying like, you know, you shouldn't be okay with that. And then Adrian says, who are you to invalidate what he is saying? He's the one feeling the emotions. He's the one that says that, you know, yes, it sucked, but he's okay with it. So why are you putting what you think he's feeling onto him? Like you're now putting kind of words in his mouth. And although these two men clearly have some tension between each other and they don't like each other, I don't, I don't have an issue with what Adrian is saying because he's right. And then Brayden's like, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like how I feel, 
how do you have a leg in this race because you weren't there? Yes, you're hearing after the fact that it happened, but you're not, you weren't there. You didn't have to witness this four minute and 25 second kiss. So what's the problem? And then he's basically then saying like, oh, Cherry doesn't respect us when really he's just trying to say me. Cherry doesn't respect me. Otherwise, she wouldn't have done this. Dude. First of all, number one, she doesn't plan these dates. The show does. Okay. Number two, why can't she kiss Joey for four minutes and 25 seconds if she so chooses? Why not? What's wrong with that? Like I, like I said before, this is not the Braden show. This is charity show. So she can do as she wishes. If you want to be the Braden show, then you become bachelor, which will not happen because you're not a favorite. I can already, I don't know that for sure, but you're not a favorite. So anyway. So then Braden basically says like, hell, I might just pack my bags and leave. And I said, will you? I'll help you. I'll help you pack your bags so you can leave. <laughs> so, so back at the date with now just Joey and Charity, he brings up the fact that his parents, as we already know, are divorced. He mentioned this in the first episode. And he says that, you know, I want to tell her like the reason why um, they got a divorce and he tells her in this moment that my dad came out when I was about five years old and obviously him coming out, you know, started the divorce process with my parents. And I said, good for your dad. Good for your dad. I don't know how your mom handled it. I can't imagine that's an easy thing to hear and either way, cause you have children with this man and you picture your marriage is going to go a certain way. And then this is what happens. But unfortunately, this is not a new thing. It's something that still happens. And you hope that, you know, a person can just live in their truth at any point in their life and not put themselves in a situation like this. But unfortunately, it, it happens. And I'm happy that his father finally felt comfortable enough to come out and be his authentic self. Um, hopefully one day, uh, Alex from you, me and my ex can do the same. Cause although he says he's bisexual, I don't know. Um, who am I to say, but anyways, we went off track. <laughs> um, so he does get the, the date, the, the, the date rose. So we have that. So going into the the uh, rose ceremony, we have three people who have roses so far. We have Aaron B has his rose. John John has his rose from the first group date. And now we have Joey who has a rose. So we have three people who have their rose. So now it's the next day. And guess what, guys? Guess who's shown up but Jesse. I feel like we see Jesse a hell of a lot more than we ever saw Chris Harrison. I'm just going to say that. Jesse's doing the work. Um, that's, and I know this is controversial, but again, I grew up watching Chris Harrison. So, you know, but he was ready to go. 
Maybe he sunk his ship because he was ready to go. But anyway. Um, so Jesse tells us, so guys, there is not going to be a cocktail party. I spoke to charity. Instead, there's going to be a barbecue party. Yay. <laughs> They've been doing this lately. They've, they kind of started doing it more with, oh, which person was it? I feel like they did this with Katie as well. Like it kind of started with Katie season and then just kept going that we're going to do a barbecue party or we're going to do a pool party or like something like that. Um, so Charity shows up and she, Daunton pulls her aside first and they talk and he talks about, um, you know, his journey to the States and he shows her his prized possession, which is this, I don't know what kind of card it is. If it's like his first like entry into the States, I don't think it's a green card. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know, but he says this is his prized possession and you can tell he was very little when he got this card um, because this picture is on the card, but Yes, prize possession, and she kisses him. So it's the first time that he got a kiss. And Brayden tells us that I packed my bags before this barbecue. And he makes it about the fact that he's packed his bags because of this whole situation with this kiss with Joey. No, sir. That's not why you packed your bags. Don't even fucking try it. The reason you packed your bags is because, well, you have a row ceremony at the end of the night and all the men have to pack their bags. Just like you see the men packing their bags before a date. We don't know who's going home. So you get exited out the house and then they just grab your bags and give you your bags. Like, nice try, though. Really commend you on trying to make it look like it's a what was me type situation. But now he's talking to Charity. And of course, like, if you watch the show, he's really talking up this big game about how he's going to talk to her and say, you know, disrespect me like that. I felt so disrespected. And this keeps going on like that. But then when he actually talks to her, he doesn't say any of that shit. He does bring up that he had some doubts and that he felt bad for the other guys. No, you didn't. You didn't give a shit about the other guys. You just cared about yourself. You heard that you, that you didn't, like, feel respected. That your feelings were hurt, even though you physically weren't there. So I'm like, oh, so your bark is actually worse than your bite then. Ridiculous. So, um, he also tells her that he was ready to run away because of it. And she's, you know, thanks him that he didn't and that she talked to him about this. And now everything seems just peachy keen. Like, this guy is so dumb. Um, So now Charity is talking to Adrian and he apologized for what he said at his date and 
she says, no, don't apologize. Like, I appreciate being told this. Like, I need to be told these things. And Adrian then brings up Brayden invalidating, I believe it was Josh's feelings was who we were talking about. And he talks about that. And and then also says that, you know, he was, he felt respected and that he was going to leave and said that he would have left and that he wouldn't have stayed there and watched. Like, he's telling her everything that he said. And he also then says that Brayden referred to it as classless, which he did say that. He did say that what Charity said did was classless. So that piques her interest. She's like, oh, it's classless. Well, that's funny because he didn't tell me that. I just had a good conversation with him and he never told me that it's classless. So she starts to kind of see like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I do trust both of these men, but somewhere like someone's lying to me. So yeah. So then we find out a few minutes later, Jesse comes back and he says, okay, well, the barbecue is over. Charity has just left because she just found something out that really concerns her. And they're all like, well, what could have been said to her? Like, I don't know what could have been said to her. Like, you know, she seemed fine. Um, but, you know, he said, Jesse says, you know, I'll see you at the rose ceremony. And he leaves. And the men are like, what could have been said to her? And someone says, pipes up and says, well, it had to be whoever she spoke to last because she was fine before that. So who spoke to her last? And then Adrian speaks up and says, well, I did speak to her last. But I mean, we had a good conversation. No, Adrian, own up to the fact that you basically landed, and this is the second time you've done it. You basically dropped an anvil on her and said, figure it out. Like, don't play dumb when you're pretty much just as cunning as Brayden is. Um, so yeah, he, he says that he did tell Charity what happened last night with Brayden and Brayden says, oh, so you're basically putting your truth into it and, you know, not really telling her maybe the actual truth, which that's not the case. It was the truth. Like, I'll have to give Adrian that. I just don't know if now's the time. But he says, not my truth, the truth. And, you know, but the men are really pissed because there are some men that didn't get any time with her um, because of Adrian. And this is, again, I don't know if anyone missed out on their time with her at the date, but this is the second time that he's done this, and now men are being affected because of it. So, now we are at the rose ceremony. So again, with the rose ceremony, guys, I'm going to just be saying at first who she has picked. So remember, there's th- 
three people that she has already picked and she's going to be picking 11 more people. So she'll have 14 people in total. And then after that, I will pinpoint who she has um, let go of. A few people, not everybody, because there was a lot of people there that I didn't know who they were. It's like four, it was four different people, I guess, who went home. No, sorry, five people who went home and I didn't know two of them. I didn't know who the hell they were. <laughs> so, so we're going to first start with um, who she ends up in order, who she ends up picking. So number one, she picks Daunton. Daunton. Then she picks Tanner. I don't know much about Tanner, but anyways. And then Caleb B., which again, I think is the wrestler. Then she picks Rorick. So I realized I said his name wrong last week. So it's Rorick. Then she picks Michael. I don't know if there's two Michaels here. Anyway, I, I wrote Michael somewhere else, so I might take him out. Um, then Sean, Xavier, Firefighter, James, Adrian, Brayden. So that's her 11 guys that she picked at the rose ceremony. So she keeps both of them there. So we already know there's going to be more drama. And who, at least I could pick out who she let go of. She let go of Josh, who was the guy who felt invalidated or that Adrian said was being invalidated. And then Spencer was another guy that I picked up who, aka was weird guy, which he seemed to not be so weird during his date. So that's, that's good to see. But yeah, Spencer was, was sent home, which I'm not surprised by. I was surprised she picked him. I think she only picked him because she didn't want to make it seem that she was letting him go because he had a kid. So, yeah. And then in this moment, I said, because again, Brayden makes everything about him. He makes everything about him. You know, the fact that he got through, well, who gives a shit about everybody else? I made it through. Everything's about him. So I wrote down at this point, okay, so Brayden is a narcissist. Like, this isn't about you. And guess what? That's only going to get worse if she picks him at the end, which I don't think she will, but I know. I don't know. <laughs> so just a quick little notes for next time on. So Brayden says, I guess in, in the moment that he doesn't trust charity. Okay, bro. And she also kind of a charity kind of makes a comment. I don't know who about, but she makes a comment like, Oh, you think I can't take the rose off of you? Well, I can just clip that thing right off. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, I didn't have another note, but again, can't read my notes. So, but that's basically it. That's all for bachelorette this week. Again, we will be coming back with another episode next week. And then we will be moving to um, bi-weekly episodes after that. So if you liked what you heard, please share the gift of reality tea times two with everyone in your life that would love to hear this podcast. If you also liked us, make sure you hit follow or, or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. 
Also, you can rate and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If there is a podcast app that we're not on and you want us to be on, please let me know and I will work on getting that onto your favorite podcast app. If you're an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can connect with us on either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to email us, you can. You can email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com. And also we have a website. It's again, very beginner website where you can listen to all of our episodes and you can also get links to Facebook, Instagram, or our YouTube pages. Again, all of the information that you need will be in our show notes. Okay. Well, that's it for now. Thank you guys. Bye.